athletes, viewers, listeners, all of you alike, welcome to One on One with Coach Blue. It's good to have you all here. Um, <clears throat> a lot of show tonight, a lot of stuff to talk about, and we got quite a few um, online questions this time too. And so uh, we'll dedicate some time to those, but if you want to jump in and jump on to the, the discussion, Coach Blue Robinson here, licensed mental health therapist, uh, addictions counselor as well, duly licensed all those awesome letters behind your name, which really just says you can you can talk to people about cool things. Yes. To uh, to the left and across the way, the athletic director, the one and only, Marissa Robinson, say hi. Hello, happy to be here, guys. It's good to be here. We are on the eve of cruising down to spend some time in Las Vegas. Gonna go down there and see some friends and uh, make, some, make some connections and spend some time at a pool, I guess, right? Hopefully. I, I wonder what the, is the temperature gonna be nice down there? It's gonna snow yeah. here, I heard, on Sunday, which- I, It'll probably uh, melt fast, but hopefully. Man, oh man. Okay. Well, let's get you. Let's get you lined up. Are you going to be a participant? You need to. You need me to Hold on, move we'll you over. Um, but we do want to give a quick shout out to everyone. I want to thank you all for watching, participating. Uh, we have Patreons that we do want yes. to um, uh, recognize and say thank you. We have a new Patreon. Yes, a new one. A new member. And I'm I'm so happy that uh, we got this I'm guy on. He's him. he's awesome. He's he's jumping in to uh, addict to athlete through live on purpose and Dr. Paul, and uh, across the pond, right? Yes. So he, he submitted a question England. tonight too, but he's living in England, so he's asleep right now because he's a paramedic. Yes. EMT paramedic. Do you have the list of Patreons? Yes. We can so go down those. Start and give a shout out to all of our Patreons. Thank you guys. Thank you guys Gals. so much. Uh, first, our super fans, we have Chris Williams, Brett Frew, The Fosters, and Carolyn Harris. Thank you guys so Love much. Love all those guys. That's yes. the best. That's the best. And our rookie level Patreons are thank you to Josh Hansen, Gary Thurston, Kenny Roseman, Earl Dyer, and Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson, welcome to the Patreon yes, family. Welcome, Joe. You're going to enjoy all so the bonus much. content. Yes. And um, we say this every time, but you're working hard on this new store. Yes. And we got some cool stuff coming for the Patreon family. So brace yourselves. Yeah. Sorry. It's taken a minute, but we'll get there. Yeah. Who else is on that list? And the pro level is Jim Copeland and Selena Armitage. Thank you guys so much. Coach Copeland. Thank you yes. so much, coach out there. Globetrotting. I see your pictures. They're awesome. You are one lucky guy. He's got some cool things. He's been to some neat places. So thank you both Selena and, um, so and let's jump on to our now, last, but Certainly not least, our champion Patreon subscribers is Shad and Freya Robinson. Shad and Freya Robinson. Thank you, Team Robinson, for your championship-level donor. Um, Maria, if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, you can do that. Minus the language. Maybe we'll, I know a good therapist that can help you work out some of the problems <laughs> you might be having. Um, but nonetheless, athletes, yeah, thank you all, the Patreon family. We got uh, another episode coming up here shortly, and it's going to be good stuff. And welcome, welcome, Joe. Um, did you hear the news today? What's the news? Pretty big news today. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Selena actually posted it onto Facebook early this morning, oh, but, yes. uh, I've been doing a little bit of follow-up. Um, and you've been in some conversations with a potential guest and we won't, we won't disclose that yet, but you, you have on your, uh, um, list of contacts for our podcast, mm -hmm. a very important person as you've been well, communicating with. We're trying to get trying. schedules there. I sent him a message yesterday and he hasn't even read it. So I think it was one of his, you know, social media 
people. Good. So I don't know how long or hard. I think it's going to work get out to him, but I hope so. But it has to do with this, uh, th- this yes. news today that, that broke and all we'll talk about it a little bit because I think it's important. It goes over the uh, Purdue pharma agrees to, and pleads guilty to three opiate related charges um, in an $8 billion settlement settlement settlement. Um, but really, like it says, don't expect them to pay the full amount, right? No. But as part of the, this issue with with uh, with this with uh, the OxyContin issue, that really did kind of wake up the opiate epidemic that we have been struggling with for many years. Um, when they were when they were sued um, by the by the government, as part of the uh, eight billion dollar settlement settlement, the U.S. Department of Justice, Purdue Pharma, will plead guilty to one count of conspiracy to defraud the U.S. government, and two counts of violating anti kickbacks or bribery laws, which is kind of crazy because it's like, well, it's obvious, you know, what what mm-hmm. happened um, in that uh, documentary, The Pharmacist. He uh, this guy goes in depth and finds a oh, yeah. a doctor that was prescribing this stuff left and right because and of those a lot kickbacks. Of them, but he, he found one. That yeah. Was... And there was a lot of them that did that, but it goes on to say, but because Purdue um, filed for bankruptcy last year, um, the full figure of a billion is probably not going to be completely be able to be collected, yeah, which, which kind sucks. Of frustrating. They set it up mm-hmm. so they don't have to do much. So under the new settlement, which will need to be approved by their bankruptcy court, Purdue will become a public benefit corporation that's uh, controlled by the government, which is interesting because the revenue from all opiate cells will be f- used to fund um, and operate treatment programs. Yes, to help with the addiction crisis i love it but it sounds weird to me but it sounds very strange you know like that um we're gonna go ahead and get you hooked on and that's why like purdue was also trying to produce a a naltrexone type medication that would help that too so it's like buprenorphine which makes again yeah let's get them all addicted and then we'll give them the medication to give them our medication again so they can get back on our medication it's like these guys really sleep at night now here's the deal that kind of bugs me about this is like i understand the corporation but as it says um um you know a number of states attorneys generals and and, uh, and lawmakers um they've said that the settlement does not hold purdue or its uh, owner's like fully accountable. They should be fully accountable. I think they should be fully accountable. I think these folks need to be brought up and, and placed before like open court. You're an owner, a CEO of a company, a business. It comes down to you. If you don't, if there's stuff happening that you don't know about, it's your fault. You don't know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's, and so it, it does kind of bother me that, that that's kind of the mentality of yeah, like, like they're sweeping it under the rug. Yeah, still. they really are. And I think I think when you start looking at the Sackler family, mm-hmm. who, who is Purdue Pharmacy, yes. pharmaceuticals, they should be personally held accountable. Um, yeah. It was them that made the decisions. It was them that increased that push to sale. It was them that got the benefits. Saying that it wasn't addictive. Exactly. And, and marketing as it wasn't addictive. And they got the kickbacks of all those bonuses and the thousands of millions of dollars that, that they got. Yep. And I'm like, well, that's great that you're going after the company. But who are the drivers of the company? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some Except accountability I'm, I'm there. sure it's, you know, the legal jargon that you can hold the business entity accountable, but not the individuals. So they don't shoot themselves in the foot but yeah. they shot themselves in the foot and they really did and they took something that could have helped a lot of people absolutely and they, they screwed it up and it was totally there to help but mm-hmm. when you lie in your delivery of it and say that it can do everything it's much better it's non-addictive you know then 
come on, if it's a really good product, it will sell on its own. You don't have to lie about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's frustrating to me. Just greed. So the thing is, it. is, you know, this isn't going to cause a lot of, uh, a lot of like uh, heads to turn right now in the cusp of, of the, uh, the pandemic and all the news on COVID and the mm-hmm. presidential election and all the craziness that is 2020, this will be a very small, like, like drop of water in a very like large ocean of, of media content. But I wanted to bring it up because of the significance of what it means. It means that for the first time a pharmaceutical company has been found guilty for creating a drug that killed people like legitimately. And so I think over the, I think they said something in the range of almost, you know, just what 470,000 people have passed away since 2000, just from, from this boggles my mind. It's heartbreaking. Boggles my mind. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, can you imagine like on a spiritual side, as you have to meet your maker, can you imagine how the Sackler family is going to feel when they have to say, Hey, by the way, you killed like, the, yeah. the, the population of, of a country. And I don't believe on the other side that you'll be able to live in denial much. No, so, you'll, you'll be bankrupt on that side too. So they better do some, some huge, some huge work. But anyway, I wanted to yeah. talk about that just a little bit because it is a very unprecedented amount um, to kind yes. of get hit with. And I'm glad that, you know, the government, as much as they're getting roadblocks into it, but the people are following through on, you know, trying to send a message to pharmaceutical companies about this kind of, you know, absolutely. I'm with you hundred percent. So that's a little bit of a, of a kickoff um, yeah. again. So yeah, kind of an interesting, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting concept, but who do we have? Who we got anybody in the chamber? Do we want to go to a, an online question first? Let's see. I know so, Joe said he's. Re- yeah. So I have some questions too. However, we do have Kathy Nay on hold and I would love mm. because we're discussing this news article to put her over and maybe discuss yeah. because that's the same topic and we can get to some of the questions and other people later. Absolutely. So, so you know, listeners, as, as, uh, as Marissa brings uh, Kathy over, Kathy was featured in the latest Addict Athlete podcast. Um, speaking about Broken some very, hearts can some be very heavy emotional stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's gotten a lot of attention that podcast. So yeah, let's bring, let's bring Kathy over. Hi, uh, Kathy, you think you've got your mic open? Let me make sure if you want to. Let me make sure that uh, I've given you guys access to. Yes, yeah, so you got, if you want to do your video, you can. But can you can you hear us okay? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, there's my video. Perfect. Okay. Thank you for joining yeah, us, Kathy. I, yeah, thank you. I, it's kind of dark. I'm in my car. Um, hey, that's okay. No worries. <laughs> I take my daughter to dance. And awesome. Awesome. Hanging out after in the parking lot <laughs> so did you hear the news today about about the uh you know, purdue pharmacy pharmaceuticals being dinged with eight billion dollar lawsuit no i didn't eight um, billion dollars mm-hmm. and i wonder if all that money will actually go to the family's suffering or if it's just going to go to um like a small percent or lawyers or something because how does a family prove that you know they they should get a a, a section of that or a chunk of that Absolutely. Well, the article that I was reading today said that because they're, 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 they've, they've hit them with this and because they plead guilt, they pled guilty, that it's actually going to kind of frustrate quite a bit of the civil liability cases that, uh, that independent families have brought against them. So they say that about 2.8 billion will go to resolve all those civil liability cases. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, it's it's still not going to bring back a loved one that uh, was was suckered into like uh, that, that you know that medication. I think so. Yeah. But you're right. It's you know again a lot of it they want to put back into the system to start creating treatment and recovery programs, which are great. Um, but I kind of have a sour taste for like organized treatment right now because I'm seeing very few that operate and work as they should. So I'm like. I don't know. I think it's going to take a lot of the troops and the feet on the ground like yourself and the coalitions that we belong to and things like Addict Athlete and other organizations are doing it because we see the ground level issues. That's where I think that uh, real change happens. But you're right. It's not going to go to where it needs to be. I would like to see a chunk of it go to like what we were talking about before, crisis teams coming to um, those situations where families have to um, walk mm-hmm. downstairs and find their loved one dead in the bathroom or outside in the car or yeah. or somewhere because um, I read before it's so hard to prove to pharmaceutical that that company that you that your child or your husband or wife was addicted to their drug first yeah and yeah to actually get some of that money it's it's like I said before, like you can consume yourself with that. You can hire lawyers and you can be, you can be so consumed and then you're going to be upset that they're going to say, oh no, you don't get part of this. You can't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, that's just hearsay or you, you get wrapped yeah. up in trying to get a, set, a little piece of that money. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How do you prove it? That makes a lot of sense. You know, I think the ones that are that are kind of stand out, like with uh, with the DEA's kind of complaint that they, you know, have records saying that that uh, Purdue said they, they have robust controls over the misuse of their product. And that came to be very false. They didn't. Um, in fact, they neglected quite a bit of, of research and study early on in the process, you know, because they needed to, to keep their, their numbers up. And so, you know, the ones about, you know, being able to to, to you know, upsell and to you know, kind of like kickbacks to the doctors that were able to prescribe it. That's easier to prove. But when it comes down to the heart of the issue, the families that suffer, it's 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 not going to be. And I think that's that's a shame. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a hard one. But wouldn't you wouldn't you think? We I mean, you've been thinking a little bit about that since we talked about about having a crisis team that's attached to, say, you know, law enforcement or, or first paramedic responders. first responders to go in and kind of help mm-hmm. the aftermath. You've been thinking a little bit about that, huh? Yeah, and I've been talking to some other people that have experienced um, a death, even to like suicide or just, um, you know, different yeah. tragedies and car wrecks, mm-hmm. anything. There's just no one there to help these families sift through. Um, they don't have the tools or or the knowledge of like, hey, you 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 qualify for this or this is out there, this is out there, you know. They don't yeah. they don't know those things and you're not in the mindset to be like, okay, thank you for letting me know this. Now I've got to go get a therapist and we've got to get someone to help us navigate this. You're just like walking underwater exactly. for a year. Exactly. That's why I really think, like, as we were saying, and as I've thought about this for a couple of years now, we should seriously put something together and submit it to some of those folks that can make change and, and put, bring it to bring it to the Capitol and say, I've, look, I've heard there's some cities, some, some bigger cities. I, is it Portland or something? I heard that they're starting to do that. Are I've they? seen some situations like that because people get really upset about the police, but come on, they go through what it's like 12 weeks, six month course. And yeah. you expect them to be a paramedic, a therapist, a police officer, safety, a social worker, like they can't do it all. Mm -hmm. And even with their additional training every year, they just 
sorry, that's not any, no one can do all of that, yeah. you know, and some people are just better at it than others, but absolutely. just naturally good at it, it, but you too. need more. Ah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that's the other thing too. I've worked with several individuals in law enforcement and, and getting them to that emotional state because I mean, you know, too emotional could, could jeopardize their life. And so mm-hmm. it, it is, they could use it too. But if we brought this normalcy of like having someone you know, that has their back, you know, maybe we call it, you know, maybe we call it the you know team six, we got your six and we'll be there for you when everything else goes down. But Kathy, I think, I think we should really put these thoughts into action because they're great if they just kind of float around in our heads. But I think that that this is a really good time for us to kind of say, well, the troops aren't coming. We are the troops, so let's let's put something together because your story really touched me about about the the after effect. And I always liken it to the very end of Finding Nemo when the fish are out of the dentist's office, out of the aquarium, but there's bobbin in the in the bay there, but they're still in the bags. And the last comment of the movie is, well, now what? And that now what is kind of hard to answer, you know? And so I think that that's what we should be probably looking for is, is like some help and some stability. It took you a long time to find counseling for an issue that could have, that could have drowned you. Yeah. So for those of you yeah. who don't know, Kathy's daughter passed away from an overdose just over three years ago. And yeah, like you felt really lost that, that day after the police came and then what, you know? I mean, even for weeks, and I I could see my little girl falling apart, and I knew she needed help, and I was so distraught that how do I help her when I can't even help myself, and my husband Mm -hmm. was distraught. We were all distraught, and I knew enough that, yes, we need help. I know we need help, but I can't get it for us. I have insurance. I have money. I can pay the copay, but I still couldn't get it. Yeah, yeah, because they were booked out. Absolutely. Or they don't take take your insurance, or yeah, not limited because clients, of clients, or we don't take kids, or yeah. See, that kind of stuff is so is so crazy, because what if you didn't have insurance? Well, oh well, you know, go go you know go, go, go jump online somewhere and talk to a you know a support group or something. I don't like that. Like you're right. I mean. I love that insurance is, insurance is willing to pay for a treatment, but there's a lot of people that don't have it that are in that very situation. And so yeah. there's got to be a more excellent way for us to, I think, you know, get help for people that need it. Yeah. I guess, um, was it your wife that said bigger cities have it? I mean, maybe contacting mm-hmm. them. And yeah, saying, I've like, recently hey, heard of it. I think we should. You, yeah. How did you get going? Like what? Did you take it to the legislator? Did you take it to the city? Did you start yeah. out like just, you know, Salt Lake City has it and then they get grants and it goes, I don't know. I've never wrote a grant or, or done something like this. I, I don't know. I we just had on a, we just had a wave of that and then they make you go gray before your time. I'm telling you. Yeah. But yeah. And this is the thing too, is that we just had a podcast with, uh, with Brad Daw, who, who's in the state legislature and who's done some amazing work in the world mm-hmm. of addiction, but we also know um, uh, Hutchings and a few others that, that a lot with I addiction. think we could start by putting together a small proposal and t- speaking with them and getting even a feel ta- for what yeah, it is. Talking with Reaching them about out to some, the other con- some other focus groups to even get the idea started and then where do we go from there you know and i know like uh the mayor of salt lake wanted to do some like recounseling with the the police department and not defund it but like regroup how they spend their money and so maybe going to them and saying like hey what about taking a part of that for this absolutely what about um helping uh you know pay for some 
crisis counseling for these families. Yeah, see, and the cool thing about that, too, is we have chapters all throughout the state of Utah that could have some of these coaches who have been trained, who are sober coaches, to to start being able to help that way, too. And so I think it's about... It's about bringing some awareness at the same time coming up with a plan of action because awareness I think is kind of stupid. Like we're all aware there's a problem. And so when people say I'm doing this for awareness, well, that's great, but let's do something to, to resolve it. Let's bring a means to an end. And so I think we, I don't, if, it's a, if this keeps coming up, I think we need to do something with it. So let's start. I say that we, we get some support from some of the listeners and some of the, the folks that are here on Team Addict Athlete. And let's, let's get the ball rolling. I mean, again, if we wait for someone else to do it, we'll be left behind. But if we, you know, if we bring our, our, our team, we can, we can do hard things. We can accomplish this. Yeah. I'd love to see I would, that. I would love to see um, more help out, out there for, for families and couples and kids and just, you know, some of these are kids burying their parents and kids going to those scenes and they're the kid. How, how can they yeah. be the parent now? <sighs> exactly. I mean, like, you talk about, about your daughter. I mean, how old was she when, when your when the tragedy happened? I mean, how old? She was, how old was she? Yeah. She was 21. Yeah. How old, no, how old, how old was, was your, your other daughter? Your younger daughter. Oh, six. See, yeah. so she's trying to wrap her head around this high emotion in the family, and she's yeah. six. I mean, six-year-old trying to understand death. Yeah, and yeah, it was, is... it was it, it was hard to explain to a six-year-old. You know, I I was like, how do you tell a six-year-old that their sibling died and yeah. and what they died of without giving them too much information that they don't need, but enough that you're being honest. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. even under, for them, for a six-year-old to understand is. Well, how do you, yeah. how do you show emotions without scaring the six-year-old to death too? Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, they're trying to wrap their head and around. It's I mean, all new for you to try to take in. Oh. And I mean, she, our little girl had spent a ton of time in the hospital. Um, many, she had a, she has a metabolic disorder. And so hmm. we had to be very careful about explaining how she was, how she died. And it just, I, I just, Spit it yeah. out. I, I, I didn't even think about it. I just said, you know, your sister was sick and she just made some bad choices and put some bad things in her body and she died because I didn't want to associate it too much to the sick that she knew because she Good was point. afraid. Was, well, then am yeah. I going to die when I go to the hospital? Yeah. yeah. And she kept asking me, well, was she in the hospital? And I said, no, she wasn't that kind of sick. She was more sick. Her mind was sick. And then, yeah. you know, then she kind of got it. But Little kids don't understand mental health. They don't understand addiction yeah. like that. And so explaining it to her in a way that she could get it, but not be scared to death. Yes. Like, oh, see. if I go to the hospital, I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. See that, that, and those are the subtle kind of like tips that most families in situations that unfortunately are going to follow that, that path, they're not going to know. That's why you and others that have been in that situation, as hard as it is, it's also turning that mess into a powerful message. We've got to get these out there so that people know what next steps to take. Like, hey, you're going to want to be aware of X, Y, and Z. And it'll be things that no one ever thought about. And so I think that we need to, I think we really need to make our voices a little bit louder and a little bit more direct. I think yeah. you're spot on. And just even resources when they are ready. Because obviously there's a lot to just take in, mm -hmm. you know. But, you know, here yeah. are some resources and people to call when you feel like you can do the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what they're going to act like. They're not, um, luckily I teach school. So I, I did have, you know, training every year of like what kids 
Oh yeah. Like with death and what kids will, you know, most kids don't Mm, show any, um, any kind of emotion till year two. And so luckily I was a teacher and I have had trainings throughout my years of being a teacher and, and Mm -hmm. knew some, a few little resources, but you know, a lot of times I've had families and they'll just like, well, they're so naughty. And I'm like, but that's how they say they need help they don't just say i need a psychiatrist today i need to talk about my feelings today and i'm a little mad and one thing that was so eye-opening to me is we don't give kids um we don't give kids that opportunity to be mad or have a bad day we come home and say leave me alone i've had a bad day i'm upset Mm -hmm. or i've had a rough day i gotta lay on the couch but when kids come home and they act out, we're, we're go to your room. Don't do that. Yeah. You're acting naughty. You need to mind me. But we don't give them those tools to say, you know what? You can come home and have a bad day, too. I yeah. do. Your dad yeah. does. We all do. Kids do, too. Yeah. Perfect. You know, you know, one more thing before we, we bring on the other guests, Kathy, is the other part that you did, I think, that we didn't really touch base on in the podcast was your willingness to not hide the issue, your willingness to be very public about it and to put your daughter's face on a billboard, recognizing that there was a problem there. I mean, to me, that's why Addict to Athletes not anonymous. I don't want people to to think that what addiction is, is a weakness or a, a, a character flaw. Something to hide. I was so like taken back by that. I forgot to mention that. Like, when did you decide to step out of that shadow and to say, I want people to know this? And because... On a, on a on a social network like you know like there we say suicide mission you're like I don't care I want people to know this and I love her enough to share like to me I'm thinking we all hide from this so much what gave you the courage to kind of put it out there I I guess because I I didn't know I didn't know there was this help out there when for that short year and a half, two years that she was addicted. Mm -hmm. And had I known there was all this help out there, all these groups, maybe I could have gotten a resource to say like, Hey, try this. Hey, you know, she won't go to rehab, but try this, try that. And so when she died, then all this like came out of the woodwork. Oh, you, there's this group and this group and this group. And I thought, well, that would have been nice to know. So I was just like, when people would ask me how she died, I just said like she died of a heroin overdose and at first it was kind of a little bit hard because you do there is a stigma to it that you Mm -hmm. you do but I'm a good mom you know or or, you know she had a good home and then more people would come to me and say oh my cousin's addicted or oh my brother's addicted Mm -hmm. and the more I shared it the more people opened up and then now it's just like she died of an overdose and everyone is like oh yeah I have this person or I have this loved one it's so rampant in Utah and across across the U.S. that you'd be hard to find somebody that doesn't know someone or have a Seriously. loved one. That, I, that's I say that addict. all the time. You're spot on. I say that all the time. There's not one person you wouldn't bump into and say, who is it in your family that couldn't tell you who it was? You're absolutely right. Yeah. And so yeah. I was just like, it's not to be shameful. It's, you know, if you had a broken arm, you wouldn't hide it from someone. If you're, yeah. If you needed to wear glasses, you wouldn't only wear them at home. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And that needs to be out there too. Like, Hey, I, I have a child that was addicted and what can I do to help you? What can I do to make your life easier? Because I didn't have those resources or I didn't know about them. So 
Yeah, Sometimes you know, I just want to wear a button like ask me about it. <laughs> well, we exactly, and and maybe that's a maybe that's a thing, but it's it's like when you you used to read obituaries and you'd be like, why is this, why is this nineteen year old kid passing away? Like what happened? And you know, now people are getting more comfortable with saying this is what it was, and it bring, it does it brings a whole new perspective that this is a real issue that if mm-hmm. not taken care of can can take your life no matter how how strong you think you are, it'll take you. And so I don't know, I I did want to touch base with you on that because I really did think it was a powerful thing, especially because of the stigma that I think is, is now beginning to lose its grip on, on, uh, you know, the falsehoods and it's starting to come out that, that, you know, no one's immune to this. And so I think that you being able to step out of the shadows and share your daughter's story, it's, it'll save lives, Kathy. I truly believe that. So thank you. Yeah, I hope so. Awesome. Well, thank you for jumping in here. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Your podcast is doing phenomenal too, by the way. Like people are really like resonating with it. So thanks for thanks for awesome. doing that. How, how we're gonna have more. Have been downloaded? How many so far? Well, when I looked this afternoon, it was like at 160, which is pretty fast for the for really a few days. Yeah. yeah. So yours is ta- taken off. Yeah. So. I have mm-hmm. a, an amazing following on a social media that just um, awesome. great friends that will just you know support me and. And you know, have my back on. I love it. And every time I, I share it. something about her, so it makes me happy that they're downloading. Yeah, well. they are, and they are. And for them, you know, we've had I think on there it's like forty shares on the post, and mm-hmm. at least just on Facebook, and we've posted it's it on way, all of our social it's the way media. It gets out. And but uh, listen, like I think I think before too long, we do need to sit down and maybe do a little bit of a brainstorm situation and see what we could do to maybe bring some change to, you know, to to the way we we handle this. So let's. Let's yeah. get our minds right and, and link up. Okay. Sounds good. If you're down, we'll get her done. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Gabby. Yeah, it's true, though. You. I did want to know that question. I wanted to know more about that that part of, of like, you know, feeling like the stigma can be erased and mm-hmm. that there's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think that when it's why I think I love what uh, what Tyson and Savannah and the Rich family have done yeah. by allowing us to to remember Carly the way that we do and to be able to celebrate her life. And, you know, it's just talking. In fact, it was talking to um, um, uh Oh, Gads, Brandon's sister, Tori. Tori. Tori, who just Tony. won. Tony, sorry. Tony, who just won the, the shirt um, yes, you the know, for the Coach's Challenge. Champions Challenge. And she'd mentioned that uh, it's an anniversary coming up. And so she's like, yeah, this came at a, at a very powerful time. But it's like, we've got to get more dialogue mm-hmm. going with this and stuff. And I think it is. The, the more we open up and share, the more others feel mm-hmm. the, you know, the shame disappears the fear the stigma starts to go down and they're like oh it happened to them and they're willing to share and i can share well, there's and no i can way. be vulnerable and i can ask questions there's no way at the beginning of my career that we would have seen anyone's child with a face on a billboard saying hey you know, this happened yeah this happened i mean does that make sense oh yeah and so when it's when we don't keep way, it a secret in 20 years oh man seriously and again you know purdue pharmacy thanks a lot you know, so that's, that's what happens. So anyway, uh, Kathy's amazing. Yeah. Um, we might want to answer a couple questions real quick too, just because we needed to do that. Yeah. So there is one question on this too. Somebody said, it's not, uh, it's not our, our troll, is it? Not our Maria. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it says another company said they read another company is buying the drug company and going to make oxycontin but it will only be used for its original intent do you have an opinion on that it's 
I, I haven't read that. But. You know, I haven't read that and I would love to. And if you could, if you could give us that, that link to what you've read, I would love it. We do. In fact, Marissa and I were talking, Marissa does a lot of reading, a lot of research for a lot of stuff we do. And so it's always nice to have that, um, not, not to just go in blind. Um, but my thing is too, is that with anything that has the potential to cause, uh, you know, a euphoria or, or, you know, you know, altered state of mind, you're going to have people that will abuse it anyway. The thing that made the Oxycontin issue so bad is that it was patented and put out there as if it didn't have abusable potential, that it was an alternative to some of the Vicodin and some of the other medications that we were using. And that was a, a, a ball face lie. And so, you know, if people are educated on it, because the one thing we don't want is for people that have legitimate pain and that need this stuff to be treated as if they're drug addicts either, because there's a double edged sword here. And some, some people do need it. And some people do. But the Mm -hmm. more educated we are on how quickly you can become addicted on, you know, just more regulation on the dispensing of it. Yes. Let's just keep some of that regulation Mm -hmm. in order so that it can be used. I think you're going to see less and less doctors wanting to prescribe it because of that potential. And I think that, you know, I remember back not too long ago, there was a situation where the state of Utah wanted to start hiring SUDSEs and, you know, and substance mm-hmm. use disorder counselors like, like me um, to be readily available at doctor's offices and clinics to kind of do some con- consultation and maybe even some counseling just yes. in case. I don't know if that's happened, but they changed the, the, the license to be able to reflect some of that stuff. Yeah. But I don't think we're using them to their full potential. You know, yeah, I, so. I know we know a therapist that is at a doctor's mental clinic who's mm-hmm. worked with addiction. I'm not sure how much he plays into that. I'd love to know yeah. if, you know, doctors really refer like that. I hope they do, that they start really recognizing. I know the medical side, let somebody else help with the mental health side, somebody else with the addiction yep. side and, and for using me, this triage of a team. I think so. But for me specifically, as I'm starting to, to, to see that there is some potential problems on the horizon and the potential problems I'm having and starting to see is that we are allowing ourselves to be, I think, kind of, um, duped into thinking that medication and and alternate forms of of uh, pain medications like you know THC marijuana that that's mm-hmm. the way to go and i'm telling you guys like as much as i think it can be a harm reduction you know yeah. like like option. option you've got to know yourself and you've got to know your addiction because just because you say well you know marijuana is not my drug of choice opiates were you mm-hmm. can still get addicted to, to that too and yeah. so i'm starting to see that we can swing that pendulum too yes. far the other side. We have to have some moderation in it because even just the concept of yeah. supplements, like I take a lot of supplements. I love them, but there's not really a lot you really of regulation. Like vitamin D, yes. don't you? There's, there's not a lot of regulation there. There's none. And I'm probably paying for pills that really do nothing Brian for Brian Schallenberger, <laughs> who we, who we, yes, who we you know, our spoke nutrition to, podcast. our nutrition podcast, like we're going to be doing more with him because he – he does a lot of research and I yes. found out that he, there's a website that he showed us that has the medical metabolical breakdown of every product. And which ones like the efficacy of it, like, yeah. does it really say what it is? There are so many that don't do anything. Yeah. That's a lot of, you know, a lot of the oils around these parts of, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's not a there's lot a of lot, regulation. There's a lot, so it's like there's a lot that are just a pill with oil. water. It's a sugar pill, you yeah. know, and people throw away a lot of money for that. They do. And they have those foul things. But what I'm saying is, is that I, I'm okay with, with, I'm okay with pain medication when, mm-hmm. when you need it, you need it. 
you know, but I think I, you know, as long as, as this not being like, you know, pushed as if it doesn't have that potential. We talked about not too long ago when Gabapentin was out there, they said non, non abusable, prescribe Mm -hmm. it or throw it from the hilltops. And doctors did. And guess what? It was abusable. And and that had been around for so long, uh so long. It was being used for epilepsy and seizures for years and years before that. But so I don't, I don't know how think much, we can really get, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't want to get too high careful. on a soapbox, but we've got to know ourselves again, yeah. you know, the, the opposite side of that sobriety coin you go get yeah. to thine own self be true. You've yeah. got to be very serious with yourself. Your self-awareness has got to be on point that if you notice that there's something that you're feeling like you need every morning or to function, there's a problem. And can I tell you this? Let out. me tell you this listeners. I need you to, I need you to listen. I've noticed that when people climb too high on their soapbox and start preaching one medication or one option, and they're talking about all of it, that there's a problem there because the people that really need stuff like that, they're not out there preaching it from the, from the high hilltops. They're not out there promoting it. Like you've got to try Vyvanse or you've got to try Adderall. Like they don't do that. So when you climb up on your soapbox with marijuana and all these other things, be very careful because it starts to look like, it's doing funny. a little more for you. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you've got to, to a certain, certain degree, you've got to start having And now this might sound kind of funny, but you got to start having some class with it, you know, yeah. because again, when I see people out there promoting you know, marijuana and they want it to be become a recreational, you know, substance, you know, for them to just partake of, which, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, but yet I see you out there like, mobbing your, your state capital, like, you know, having a great smoke out. I'm like, that doesn't really do much for your cause. It doesn't really look, it doesn't look professional. good. <laughs> yeah. And so you're damaging yourself. And so you plain and simple, whatever comes on the pipeline, you've got to know yourself. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're lying to yourself or not, how much you need, what you need. I mean, you yeah. can convince yourself of anything, but you know, darn well, if you're pulling a fast one on, on yourself. So yeah. be careful with that. Be aware. Be aware. So we need to get to one question and then we have somebody to move over. Um, Gentleman says, as I approach my first year in sobriety, I'm trying to be more authentic. I realize I can be controlling and this may have roots from my childhood events and issues, but I want my personal relationships to be a pleasure for both them and myself. What tips can you suggest? And is there more structured approaches that I can take? It's a very, that's a very powerful that's question. Really great self-awareness. Absolutely. So yeah. then, Miss Athletic Director, where do you think they go first? Because it's very aware. Yeah. And if he's noticing the controlling aspects, what do you think that is? Well, I think it's looking at situations when you feel like you're trying to be controlling. Mm-hmm. Try to think about them maybe prior to. So you can make a choice to make a different response or different action mm-hmm. when, cause you, control freaks usually think about the future trip a lot. They think about what's going to happen. Yeah. So take that time to go, okay, this may not put the other person in a very good spotlight and having more asking questions. We've discussed this, some of that, mm-hmm. at least the talking, you know, that I used to tell you what to do instead of ask you and invite you. That was some of at least my very first argument. Oh, stop. I love that. I love (laughs) that story. My my issue of some of that controlling is telling people what to do. Let's look at what control inviting people. Yeah. Let's look at what control really is, because I'm a firm believer that control uh, at its source really doesn't exist. No. 
right? And so if, if you are controlling, that means that there's some kind of insecurity still in there. What do you feel like you don't mm-hmm. quite have a grip on? That you're trying to take control to feel better. Yeah. And what yourself. is that, right? Because that's the thing too, is that there's still a lot of, I mean, first year of, of, of recovery, man, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. But there's a lot of new, a newness coming down the pipeline. Like there's mm-hmm. some, you know, there's like, you know, the controlling situations of like, you know, uh, the noise, you know, or, or, or activities or whatever. And it's like, all right, so you've got to get real serious with the people that you're living with about what, what works and what doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, trying to control the, the noise level in a home. So like we talk with Kathy, you can go and relax yeah. if you had a hard day. Um, but when you have kids, guess what? They're noisy. Yep. You know, I mean, you probably hear once in a while, it sounds like a Wookiee's being tortured upstairs, upstairs. because they're dragging chairs across the kitchen, kitchen floor. <laughs> yep. And so it's like, you know, controlling could be everyone locking you down. But then it's like, you know what? Sometimes we got to just roll with this kind of stuff. The coolest part about this first year of recovery is that you're already noticing that there's some there's some rough edges that you want to kind of file down a little bit. Control doesn't really exist. What mm-hmm. happens is, is there's those insecurities, there's those truths that you're starting to discover, um, and there's likes and dislikes that you're, you're starting to experience again. You've got to be very vocal and open and, and talk mm-hmm. about those kind of things, I would say. Yeah, and I, I think as you get focused on something and thinking, oh, if, if I can control this, I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, usually you don't because you can't control it. Yeah. And so it doesn't go the way you hope or that you're trying to make it happen. And who ends up frustrated and angry and mad or, you know, anxious in the end, yeah. disappointed mm-hmm. is yourself. Yeah. So is it really worth it to try to control something knowing if the potential, it doesn't go your way that you're going to be distraught inside. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you've got to talk to people about how hard it is too, because again, you've been living the addiction for how many years and now you have, you know, this solid time, but to the people around you, they're like, you're doing fantastic. I can't believe it. And so they're going to forget. So you got to keep talking about the things that are hard, right? Because after a while, it'll be like, well, yeah, that was the old you, but it's like, yeah, but I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of rough. I'm still kind of hurting in these areas, you know? Yeah. Have a, somebody close that can be like, Hey, you know, Raise your hand. I don't know. We have different code words when there's different things going on Pineapple. in our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, say that. And that's, you know, just yeah. a red flag to you to like chill out, calm down. You're trying Absolutely. to take charge. And then what areas of life do you feel like you're, you need to control? And I think mm-hmm. that that's, we can get down to the source issues of those things. So that's a really good question. Though. And I love whoever asked that question, that mindfulness that you have this far in is fantastic. That tells yeah. me that you're doing a lot of, a lot of inner work. So you got to keep that up. You'll discover yeah. the answers. To and these. that, that control, it's awesome. look in what you can do yourself again. Not things outside, but mm-hmm. what can you do to help yourself? Feel well, it's better? always doing that, right? It's always changing mm-hmm. inside to help the outside, and so Absolutely. you know, controlling that comes first. Yeah, learn. I guess learning to govern your emotions is probably better than learning to try and control them. Oh right? yeah. So oh, governance. Yeah. I like that. That's a good question. That's like Kathy said. You know, I think that's so good with little kids is teaching them to know and understand what the emotions are, and that they're okay to feel them, and then ways to cope with them. Yeah. And the same thing goes for adults. A lot of us need that practice with that as well. well. Absolutely. I mean, again, you've been kind of on pause while the addiction's, you know, ravaging your, your, your soul. So, I mean, it's going to take yeah. a while for you to reset, but that's awesome awareness right now. Fantastic. All right. All right we're we going to move over Donnell. All right. That's a great question. I like that. Yeah. 
Was that was that Jill's question? Who, who, yeah, I love it. I, that's freaking genius. I love that. That's a great one. Awesome. Okay, Miss Donnell, how is life treating you out there? Did, did she move over yet? She bailed on us. I don't even see her anymore. Maybe we lost her. Man, maybe she got caught in some kind of vortex of technology. With Maria? Yeah, Maria. I hope Maria. not. They that was funny. That was so funny. We've only had one of those when we first started this during the pandemic where there was some rather risque photos being posted. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, but it was so fast. That was you weird. You couldn't even really see it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we got gypped. We got just gypped. kidding. Yeah. We get to see it all. Like, <laughs> I was like, what is like, happening? Hey, Psycho, can you post those again? We didn't quite get it all. We, we bumped you off so fast. Delete. But maybe Maria really needs help. So it sounds maybe. like she really needs help. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully she gets help. There is suicide hotlines. There's other mental health hotlines. Is there, a, is there a foul mouth anonymous out there? Yeah. Maybe. She wasn't being very anonymous, was okay. she? Okay, I'm not sure. Donnell is back. I see her. She, okay. she she jumped back in here. Well, let me try to just move over Selena right now and then awesome. for a second, she said, and then okay. we'll try to get back to Donnell. I love it. Let's do this. Miss Selena, let's get your mic and if you want your camera on. Um, Selena was the one that posted that uh, that thing this morning, and I, I didn't even know that yes. was a thing. So um, thank you for yes, posting I that, Selena. I appreciate that. I just wanted to follow up on it really quick because yeah. I was going to put that question in, or the question in it. They are going to be restructured and they are going to be, um, I just posted the article on oh, the good. home base, but they are going to be able to continue to make Oxycontin okay. and other medicines to help with addictions. But I'm a little bit disturbed that they're still letting them make oxycontin um seriously scary medicine um mm -hmm. i know how i know so many people that got addicted on to to that very quickly um my nephew yeah. was one of yeah. them he was given it for a mm. sprained ankle he went into he had a sprained ankle and wow given oxycontin and my sister has two kids her son and daughter both have addictions, but his yeah. started after the Oxycontin from, he didn't need Oxycontin for a sprained ankle. That's not no. what its intention was. Um, I really followed it closely because of that. And I know that when my mom had her cancer um, and my dad, they did, they didn't even give that to them. They, mm -hmm. they gave them morphine, but supposedly from what we have researched on it that it was made sorry i'm gonna turn on my light because i think no, i'm in fine. the dark mm -hmm. it was made originally for terminal patients because yeah, absolutely of the addiction um how potential quickly, mm -hmm. potential how quickly people became addicted to it and so it's just a crime and i'm so glad that they're facing it, but I'm not sure that medicine should still be around. Yeah. You know, and it and is, I, I, it's going to end up in the wrong hands. Anyway, that's just my little. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think that, that uh, with, with this comes a lot of education. I think doctors will be very cautious on who they prescribe it to because of this too, because I think the education's been now, now, now that we know no doctor is going to want to be caught into a lawsuit themselves. And so, 
you know, but exactly. yeah, it's scary. But I think, again, I think it boils down to we've got to know ourselves and we can't just pretend yeah. any medications we take. Even we if can't expect doctors to know exactly yeah. and to be doing it and just trust them 100%. We need to know ourselves. But if you ever prescribe that and you have family members, I would say even if you don't have family members that have addiction, lock it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, put it away. I mean, it's it should be considered a dangerous weapon to a certain degree. So yeah. I'm with you on that. But I wanted to thank you for posting that. It was good to to read that and to do a little bit of a deeper dive today. So thank you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like I say, I'm, I was very happy to see it. I, since that my yeah. nephew, I've really followed the the whole thing. And, you know, he he's not okay. And he was 17. And it's crazy that, you know. Yep they were getting Absolutely. to prescribe it for whatever but anyway yeah. i'll go leave um, thank you selena dear friend donnell time and anyway but awesome. i did post that the extra excerpts okay. about how they were going to still make it on excellent our thank you page. we'll jump okay. on there and read that then thank you okay all right bye yeah bye-bye yeah I, I think that's an interesting i think that's an interesting paradigm shift yeah. i don't know um but I, I, you know, we've also got to know that, that that does help a lot of people too, and so we've got to be cautious to again to thy own self be true. You've got to Absolutely. know yourself. You can't just uh-huh. put it all on doctors or you know, yeah, well, or on big pharma. Or well, yeah, I mean, you know, again, I mean, I mean, I, it's easy. But you know as well as I do that most doctors, when they find something, they usually will call the pharmacist to kind of say, hey, I've got this person with such and such symptoms. What do you think? And so yeah. usually it's a pharmacist who know more about that. And so, Oh, for sure. Because there's so new, so many new drugs all the time. It's mm-hmm. hard to keep up on everything. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. You like pharmacists because you know one really I personally, do. don't you? I do. Gary Thurston, who is one of our Patreon donors. He is a fantastic pharmacist. I've called him so many times when I've had questions. He's, yeah. I'm like, so my client's tested for this, but what do you think? He's like, yeah, this is what it was. I love that. Um, Miss Donnell, how are you doing this fine evening? We're good. How are you? Life is good out here. We're doing great. We're just getting ready to head down south for some sun because it's getting cold up here. Well, when are you going to come head our way for some snow? It's cold over there too. (laughs) You're nuts. What's going on at Elko tonight? What are you guys doing? So we have somebody here. Uh, She's she's actually new to our group. um, Oh, cool. And she's having a rough day. So I'm going to pass. That's the mic. Awesome. And then we're going to move on with our meeting and give her the chance to glean from your awesome awesome thank you what's her name kayleen kayleen okay welcome kayleen kayleen from elfco being put on the spot her very first time this is kind of intense yeah i mean you probably weren't ready for this were you did you know you were going to be doing this or did donnell just throw you into it i this is my first time here so i didn't really know anything about this awesome um but she was saying something about how you're a counselor and you help out with things and i just yeah today's really a hard day and i'm i'm sorry really just i don't know what to think or how to feel or what to do anymore because my life has kind of thrown me in a spot where i have to make wise choices on my own life and yeah. I have to know. Like, they just found my best friend. Um, she'd been missing for over a year. Wow. And all they found was her head. And they still haven't found her boyfriend. And I, I want to give her mom peace. And I feel guilty because I can't, because I can't open my mouth or I lose my life, basically. You know? Gotcha. So you've got yourself, you've got yourself in a very emotional tug of war, huh? I 
grew up with her, so it. Did you have your feelings that that something nefarious had happened? Did, did you have kind of a feeling, or did you have some hope that it would have been better? I wish it would have been better. Yeah. I I knew like something just deep down inside me knew that she wasn't coming back. They weren't mm-hmm. gonna find her. I didn't even think they would find her. It had been so long. With the given situation, I figured they would never find her. Right. Given who did it and all. Mm-hmm. So but when did you find out about this? Was this is news that happened to you today? Uh, no, it was on the 17th of September. Okay. So you just had a flood of emotions since then too. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of, of gratitude, I'm sure for the, for understanding and knowing that something happened, but then there's a lot of, of like gap there of like, there's still a lot of un, unrest, you know, and a lot of like, you know, probably like anger and frustration and fear and all that stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was one thing having that hope of her possibly coming home, but once it became real, yeah, she wasn't coming back. It just really hit. Yeah. What brought you? What brought you to to addict to artist tonight? I'm curious. Like, wh- why? Why tonight? Um, my boyfriend's boss um, invited me to come, mm. and I've been wanting to do it for a while. I like art and. I'm trying to do other things, keep my mind distracted from doing the one thing I really want to do. Yeah. You've been able to stay clean during all this? Um, not during all of it, no, but... Um, I don't blame you. It's okay. It makes sense. I've it's been a lot doing at once. for the most part. Good for you. I mean, when I found my best friend dead, <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. I kind of lost my mind. It was the first dead body I found and mm. it was somebody I cared about and it just and then it my my best friend so you've had quite a bit of loss recently then it sounds like <laughs> yeah I've had quite a bit of loss and a lot my of my gosh kiddo yeah that's so have you ever thought about why me why am why am I <laughs> the one that seems to be like seeing all this have you you ever you think that all the time I keep asking me what why do I have to stay here? Why can't I just go? If I'm... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's been several times I've tried to kill myself. And then I think back and think about how my kids would feel. Oh yeah. How my mom would feel. And it just being homeless and living here really sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the wild thing about that though, is on a spiritual level, if there's something that needs you here for some reason, there's still a purpose you know, that you have, right? I mean, think about it. Here, I'm not allowed to leave every chance I get. Yeah, to see? I, Absolutely. I had a chance to go to rehab. I was in jail for five and a half months and I got denied five different rehab. Just really? to stick me here. Yeah. I'm supposedly too mentally unstable. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, I can almost understand you've got a lot going on. And so are you, are you getting any help? Is there anything out there like people that are going to help when you work through some of this trauma? No. So you're just holding on for dear life. Basically. Well, been let like me this tell you. since I was a kid, like <laughs> really? Yeah. My mom asked me all the time. Cause I used to be the goody goody. My best friend was the one you would have thought that she went down the road that we went down. Mm-hmm. Me, you would have never thought in a million years that I'd go down that road and 
here I am. Can I tell you though, there's something I can, I can feel your energy. The part of what I'm, I'm hearing and feeling though, is that you are the person that everybody goes to with all of their baggage. <laughs> and because you're strong enough and you're willing, you just take it all. And you've been carrying everyone's emotional baggage to the point where there's no more room and now yours is starting to slip. So, I mean, that's the one thing I've always found very interesting about all of us who have struggled with addiction is that our hearts are way too big and so is yours. So much so that people know that. I mean, you are the person people go to and like, here, this hurts. Can, can I take this from me? And you're like, gladly. But then like, who's there to take yours, correct? To the point where even rehab's like, no, you got too many problems. We don't want it. That's weird. That, that, that's bizarre. <laughs> But I'll tell you one thing, it's, it's because you have the potential to, to be an incredible, I guess, instrument to recovery. And it's got to start somewhere. And it sounds like you're almost making that first step now. I mean, you didn't know you were coming here doing this weird addict to artist stuff and talking to flipping some strange coach with a funny background in Utah. What the heck? But you're starting. And so I start looking at it as, okay, so why you? Why are you the one that's kind of the common denominator in so many of these these sad stories? First of all, you have to be an incredibly strong person. That blows my mind that you've carried that much through your whole life, really. I, I don't know you, but I can I can tell. And you're right. If you were to cut yours short, your kids who need to learn from you and to understand that my mom does hard things, they wouldn't, I mean, that cycle would continue. And so I, I guess it comes to, to that first. And the reason why I gave them up, I don't want to, I don't want them to think that I didn't want them. Yeah. And, th and that's the thing. Uh, I'm with you hundred percent, but right now you're the cups of a rebirth. And the cool thing about addict to artists is that we talk about being a creator and, and that's kind of a cool thing. In, in art, you create, right? And I know you must have that talent somewhere because like you said, it's, it's in there somewhere. And so we music. start- I love art. It, it helps. I, it's the only thing that helps my mind, I guess. Absolutely. Because that's your sole purpose. That's what you're supposed to be doing. But with all these distractions and all this other stuff, you know, uh, all that adversary, all, all, the, all the addiction stuff has pulled you off of what you're supposed to be doing. Once you, we start helping you get back on track, Lord have mercy, watch out. You're going to be a force to be reckoned with, but you've got to believe you have it inside you. You've done harder things in your past. This is another another mountain for you to climb. The coolest part about it is you're not surrendering. You're taking, you're, 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 going, to, you're going to kind of take control of this. And I'm kind of amazed by the fact that you're even here tonight. What, a, what an honor to talk to you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you got a powerful story in there somewhere. I don't feel like it. <laughs> you know Why? Because you live it every day. You live, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking you've had that much chaos and pain and, and, and emotional turmoil. And you're here talking to Coach Blue? Come on. Like, does that make sense? Like, it's kind of impressive. The only reason it doesn't look impressive to you is because you have to see it every day. It's kind of like when, you, when you're growing up and, you, and, and your grandma says, I haven't seen you for a year. And look how much you've grown. But you're like, I still look the same. I can look at you and think... There's a, there's, an, a, there's a potential heavy hitter inside that heart of yours. I, I can feel it. And the coolest part about it is what we do on Team Addict to Athlete, Team Addict to Artist is we turn the mess into the message. It all starts today, kiddo. If you want to start, well, we're all here to help you. I just don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want my life like this. And I don't want to end up like my best friends. I just... Mm -mm. You won't. You won't. Because we're going to help want... you help you learn how to feel that and move on from it. Turn the mess into the message. It sounds cliche and kind of gooberish, but it's true. Sounds you've awesome, got a, actually. <laughs> you've got a powerful story in there. 
And you're going to be able to express that through your music and through your art, as long as you allow it to, to flow. Like you painting, you writing music, it's going to help channel that out of you. And I, I would say- I to get money out of it because the fact that being homeless really sucks and my mind just goes straight to trying to find a way of making money or publishing my stuff. Like I've seen so. miracles happen on this team, kiddo. And the thing is, is if you're doing what, what your sole purpose is, that stuff comes. It's, it sounds kind of weird and like, oh, very, you know, very space age thinking, but it does. And it starts with you, like, like just being, being still and get it starting to get it out. It will. And you know what? It may not come with you having a, a, a painting in the Louvre, right? But it'll be like someone saying, that's a powerful story. I, I need more of that. And then it's you, it's you sharing it. It's, it's people buying, it's people buying that story. It's people into, I mean, it, there's so many, there's so many avenues to this. We get typecast into one category. I've got to do this to sell it for that. Mm-mm. I'm telling you, all you have to have is an open heart, get back on that line of purpose, be that creator that you are and turn that, that pain into some kind of purpose. It's got, it's coming. You shouldn't have walked through that door. Oh, I to artists if you didn't want change because Donnell will get you. Okay. You just have to show up and be prepared and be prepared to leave it, to, to, to unpack it and to leave it behind, you know, do it, paint it out, you know, sing it out, just, start stop you don't have to carry it anymore i guess is what i'm saying does that make sense you don't have to carry it anymore and then we take the legacy of the friends that you've lost and we proxy act through them meaning we paint for them you know we do things for them in their memory and their honor so that we can say i'm not forgetting you each art each piece that you create and you put out there you can do with something of them and then when you're sharing that piece, you can say, this is why, and this is the person that inspired me to do this. And she lost her battle to addiction and to domestic violence. And this is what I'm doing now to honor her. You, you, you keep her legacy by being a proxy artist. Does that make sense? I'm trying to do a sign for her. I just, it's kind of like a, a sign to remember her. It's going to go into one of uh, my friend's camps. He's got flowers and everything set up. Awesome. He's just waiting for me to finish the sign. And I just... I want to finish it. I just don't know how to finish it right now. Yeah. You know what though? When you finish those things, it doesn't mean that that's an end. It just means that's another part that, that you can unpack. Finishing a, a project or finishing a, a piece doesn't mean that you're done and that you should forget about it. You won't ever, you won't ever be able to. You're too much of an emote. You you are, you, you know, you're an emote. That's, you, you just feel. And I'll bet you you've had that your whole life. And without being able to be properly channeled, You've just carried it all. And you are one strong individual. You're a very strong woman, I can tell. So I've let's... never had anybody in my life be able to help me through my situations. Like I will have like mm -hmm. massive, serious panic attacks that I get extremely emotional. No one in my life has ever been able to handle me. Not my mom, my, my exes, not my friends. Until um, my friend that I have right now, she's the first person in my life that I've had and we had a rocky, rocky start too. Um, yeah. She wanted to beat me up and everything. And she's a big girl. She scares <laughs> me. <laughs> but she's become my best friend. And she's the only person who literally talked to me and was able to calm me down in less than 10 minutes and actually get through to me. And I just, I've never yeah. had that before. Like my mom. That's the first time you've allowed someone to take some of your baggage. Say, here, I need you to carry this, but be careful with it. But I'm going to give it to you, right? I mean, that's amazing. That's a big deal. She's the first person willing to take it. That's awesome. 
I'm sorry to hear that because there's there's got to be a lot more of, of you out there that can kind of lighten the load. Does that make sense? You got a lot on your plate, I can tell. But you're on a good team right now. You're on a team that's not going to let you just just fall as long as you're willing to show up and and do do what you can do inside here. You're going to be just fine. It'll come. Sounds weird, but it will. I've seen it. I've seen it a hundred times. Donnell, the person you're talking to right now, was as emotionally bankrupt as anybody, and now look. Does that make sense? She got to listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. And, and you've got a team behind you now. You will have a team behind you. I just so, don't want to lose that team. You won't. You don't even know how big this team is, kid. And you being willing to share this with them, brace yourself. <laughs> I'm serious. Brace yourself because people will be there. The only thing you got to remember, though, is if you're going to be on Team Addict to Athlete or Team Addict to Artist, you've got to prepare yourself that you're going to have a lot of people that want to know you and that want to help you. And, and then when you're ready, you can return the favor by sharing your story of triumph to them. So if you don't want people to invest in you, you might want to run away now because I'm telling you, ask, ask Donnell, like once you're part of this, you're part of it. And so you're, you're, you become family. So I think you need to just sit down and start creating and get it out, let it out. I mean, the stuff you're going to be able to do is going to be amazing. We'll help you find that purpose and that path. That's what we do. Okay. I promise you that. <laughs> you're amazing. What a privilege to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah. It begins, okay? You're at the starting line. On your mark, get set, go, right? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry you're going through that. And I would love to talk to you more, too, even off, off this so that we can kind of get a feel for what you need okay that would be awesome because i need i need i'm supposed to see somebody for my probation but i just i don't feel comfortable talking to very many people and like having to repeat myself over and over again and then having to switch and switch and switch i just want somebody yeah. that i'm going to be able to talk to and not lose <laughs> exactly yeah makes sense you probably feel like that a lot though huh every time you start getting something done some they leave right yeah yeah, well, we don't go anywhere. We've been here a long time, kiddo. We're not going anywhere, okay? Okay. Thank we got you your back. so much. We are, you're welcome. I want you to start creating, and I want you to start posting some of the stuff you're creating. I want to see the sign that you're talking about. I'd love for you to trust us enough to share that with us through the Addict to Artist page. I'd love to see it. Okay. I can uh, post up my songs, too. Oh, do it, for sure. That's okay. that's where it comes from. Those That's real stuff. I love it. Thank you for being vulnerable and letting us in. Thank you. Yeah, Thank we're you here for, for you. My pleasure. Thank you. You got a good one there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a that's just, a powerful I, I person. Didn't, I didn't didn't listen to any any part of that, but I'll have to go back and listen to the You will. Thing. She's gonna need the team out there, you know, and so you know, again, yeah. and I hope she listened to this again. We can't do it for her, but we can be there to support her. And mm -hmm. this team will do that. And so, you know, I'm proud Sweet. of you. You're changing lives, kid. I love it. Uh, I'm really I proud of you. More than I help them. Nah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. But no, thank you for being willing to to allow them in there like that. I mean, again, you're making yourself very emotionally vulnerable, and you know what happens when we take too much of that on. So I'm glad that you're sharing that with others that can help lighten your load too, because you've got you've got some real work to do out there. All right, my friend. Well, we'll make it happen. Okay. Okay. Miss ya. See you later. Miss you too, Matt. Say hi to your husband for me.
Okay. <laughs> awesome. Athletes, thank you all for, for joining and jumping in and for participating today. What a powerful, powerful meeting we've had. Um, it's funny because I think a lot of people have said that, uh, you know, oh, I don't like doing meetings over Zoom and stuff. And this isn't a meeting. This is a, a webinar, which is a more of an open forum. But you can feel the power of, of that that spirit of sobriety just as we were talking to Caleb. You can feel it. And um I think that it's all about, you know, if your heart and your, your, your mind are kind of in tune uh, to listen to, to these stories and to get some answers to some questions. And that's what's one-on-one -on -one co with Coach Blue is always going to be about. It's about being able to give advice, to receive advice, to give to people now outside of this forum as we publish this on our, our podcast platform so that people can go back and listen to it. And uh, you help one another by sharing. And I think that that's one of the biggest things we can do to help one another is to get on here and to talk and to get someone to, to, to be inspired. And I mean, we were just introduced to someone who's day one um, jumping on board with this and has a very heavy heart. You heard that. That's a it's a very emotional story. And so these are real. And so I want to thank you guys for trusting uh, the platform, trusting me. And um, thank you for participating. This will be posted on our podcast situation. Um, when? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So jump on there, share it. Um, we got other ones. Like I said, don't thank Kathy for, for recording the podcast, for jumping on here tonight. Radio Ronan, thank you guys so much. Chandler, um, uh, Chunga, Josh, and Spencer, you guys are awesome. We do some ghost hunting. Maybe one of these days I'll, I'll pucker up and go hang out with you guys to do some ghost hunting. Maybe something a little less intense than the old mill. Holy crap. But uh, no, good stuff there. So jump on the Radio Ronan podcast, New Day podcast, uh, Greg's Guide to New Music, all that stuff. It's great podcast, Radio Ronan. Thank you so much. And athletes, until next time, let's turn these messages into, I always mess this up at the end. Let's change these messes into very powerful messages. Athletes, Coach Blue Robinson here. I wanted to personally thank each of you for downloading, sharing, subscribing, and leaving us reviews for all of our podcasts and our YouTube videos. We'd like to extend the offer to you to join and become a member of the Patreon family. By becoming a Patreon subscriber, you're able to help Addict Athlete as we move this team across the country and hopefully the world. The donations that you offer help increase our outreach and allow us a bigger platform to help expand our message to all those who are affected with drugs and alcohol. Team Addict Athlete has established five tiers of support, starting with the fan at $5 a month, the super fan at $10 a month, the rookie level at $25 a month, the pro level at $50 a month, and the championship level donor at $100 per month. Each tier has its specific perks that you're able to choose from, starting with bonus content, leading all the way up to advertising opportunities, and so on. By being a Patreon subscriber, you are qualified for all of our bonus content, exclusive deals, exclusive merchandise, and much more. It's super easy to become a Patreon subscriber and to donate to Team Added to Athletes so that we can continue to reach out and do more. We'd love for you to jump on our Patreon page, and you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash addict to athlete all one word and there you'll find the five tiers that i've just mentioned and be able to choose which one works best for you and your family we look forward to continue to grow our podcast as we've done and create a better more healthier sober life for all who we love